Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Business of Design and you are going to hear something slightly different on this episode number 73 by the way. It's a conversation uh, where I had a chance to interview a lovely, lovely woman, a designer, so of course she's lovely, and she's a business of design advocate. And on the episode, you might know her, by the way, Claire Jefford. Let me tell you about her right up front. Claire Jefford began her interior decorating business, which is called Creating Contrast Designs in 2011. Her firm specializes in 3D design as well as custom residential projects. And Claire happens to mention during the episode she uses Chief Architect as her 3D design tool for those of you who might be interested in that. Claire has a keen eye for detail and she loves to mix patterns and fabrics, which sounds like a lot of fun to me. Creating Contrast Designs was named one of the top 30 interior design firms in Ontario. Uh, and Claire is also proud to be the highest reviewed design professional in the greater Toronto area on house with over 90 reviews. And that has been important to her business. Not one to shy away from social media, Claire has been creating videos on Facebook since 2013. And she has not one, but two YouTube channels, which she's going to talk about in this episode. She also has a second business where she coaches and helps other designers to run their interior design business. She has a no-nonsense approach, and she shares the strategies that work for her. Claire also runs a Facebook group called Interior Design Business Strategies, and it's a, it's a fun community, and I had the chance to make a guest appearance during her Widwills segment, uh, which involves some singing, I will say. Um, there's no singing on the show. Maybe we should have singing. It does seem like fun. Anyway, I can't say enough nice things about Claire Jefford, and I, wanna in I wanted to interview her, rather, because she does things differently than me. She does not enjoy being a one-stop, full-service, turnkey firm. Instead, she's created a business for herself where she does just the parts of the job that she likes, uh, that she feels are not so stressful, namely the planning and uh, the presentation. And then she hands that off to a customer who does all the execution without her. Cool, right? Claire is a really good sport in this episode because, of course, me, I poke and I prod a little bit at what I perceive as the more challenging aspects of that business model, because, really because I want to understand how it works. Um, so, for, exa for example, I, um, I bug her about how do you make money if you're only selling your expertise in increments of time? Like, how can that be profitable? And we talk a little bit about the math. And in typical Kimberly Seldon fashion, I kind of push her to charge more money. I, I, I still maintain that she's undercharging, even though Claire is committed to the math she shared with me. So, um, Claire... Come on, I know you. You need to charge more. You do amazing work. 
Um, second thing I wanted to know about is what happens if you are doing this business model and you come up with this great plan and you select these beautiful furnishings and hardware and then the client goes forward and makes a whole bunch of substitutions and those substitutions ruin your original intention. Doesn't that hurt your reputation? Like honestly, when people come over and they see something that looks less than ideal, perhaps in some instances, um, isn't there some pushback or blowback on your reputation as the designer? And Claire says she's not too concerned about that, but she'll tell you her philosophy about that. And then, and then the last part of it is how do you keep clients coming through the door? Because if you're going to use a business, business model like this, you need a lot of customers if you're going to make a living. Um, and Claire has answers for everything, and she emphasizes, by the way, and I think this is important because, um, well, it's important because I want to honor what she does. She's emphasizing that what she does isn't cheaper or less important than what other designers who do a full-service approach do. Uh, it's just a different way of working. To assist you, if you're thinking this sounds like something you might be interested, Claire kindly gave us her suggested breakdown of hours. This is how many hours she estimates it takes her to do the work she does. This is really good information. So before you charge out and say, yeah, I'm done with project management. I'm just going to do exactly what Claire does and I'm just going to do the planning and I'm going to present and then I'm going to run away and not look back, uh, which sounds lovely some days for sure. Before you do that, look at the number of hours she spends getting to the presentation point. I think it's very spare, which tells me she is working extremely fast and extremely efficiently. Whether you do it Claire's way or whether you do it the way that I do it, which is the full service route, this is a good skill to aim for. Fast and efficiency in your job is a really good skill to aim for. So measure yourself on the next few projects against the hours she is recommending. If you can turn it around as quickly as she can, I think you can be profitable doing it this way. And if you're not quite as quick as uh, Claire's breakdown, keep working on that. That's, that's an important goal for all of us. I have zero doubt in my mind that Claire could do the full service route if she chose to. She just doesn't want to. So I do admire her ability to know who she is and stay true to herself. Bottom line, you do you. And that's what this episode is called. And by the way, no one does Cheryl Horn better than Cheryl Horn, but she's not here today. She is sunning herself at the cottage. Do you think that's right? Do you think that's fair? Oh, yeah, she deserves it. Um, she definitely deserves it, but I miss her. Um, so you're stuck with me for announcements today. Here's what's happening at Business of Design. I'm going to Texas. Yay! On October 25th, I'll be in Austin for the first time ever. I cannot wait. Cheryl will be back here next week and she's going to give us more details on the event, but I do believe it's being hosted by Objet, which sounds like a super fancy and awesome uh, place to host a business of design meetup. Then on October 26th, I'll be in Houston in the morning with our good friend Veronica Solomon. Hey, Veronica! And then in Dallas in the evening. More details at businessofdesign.com. And next week, Cheryl will also fill us all in. 
in March. Yeah, I'm still going to Melbourne. I'm really excited about that. And we've had so many Sydneyites reach out and say, hey, what about us? And it looks like we're going to limit ourselves to the, the two formal events that are happening in Melbourne. But if you're going to make the trip from Sydney to Melbourne, please let us know because we want to plan something a little extra, a little special for those of you who had to get on a plane to be there, okay? Not that we're going to ignore you locals. We promise it's going to be uh, a lot of fun and a lot of learning, and I, I just, I'm so excited. And finally, it looks like I'm going to be speaking to a group of designers on September 27th in Copenhagen. So let us know if that's where you're from, and we'll get you the details. Thanks for being here, everyone. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Jefford, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you, Kimberly? I'm good. Now, we have met before. You yes. were telling me. When when did we meet? Uh, we met a few times, actually. The first time was at the Decorating Center in Burlington, just outside Toronto, and you were speaking with your coach at the time. Uh, you guys did a presentation and it was fabulous. Not only was it very informative, but you guys were both very funny and, and, and great to watch and interact together. And we met a couple other decorating center um, events. And I, you've been instrumental from right from the beginning with me. Oh, that's so cool. Well, as you as you witnessed and as you know from being a coach, sometimes you don't always agree with the person you're getting your coaching from. Once you once you get your groove on, right? And once <laughs> yes. you kind of find your sea legs, uh, you can begin to have a different opinion from your coach. So probably you got to see a bit of that as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was it was as I said, it was great. You guys you guys were good together and I think at one point actually she was asking uh someone asked about whether you post your fees, whether you should post your fees on your website. I think the two of you were kind of going back and forth on that. But it was great. It was great to watch you watch you talk about it, the two of you and see different points of views on that. that. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I think you should post your fee because I think it's a really good way to kind of limit who calls your office, uh, eliminate looky lose. And, uh, she disagrees wholeheartedly. She wants every person to call. So, (laughs) um, so this kind of leads in nicely to the topic that we figured out, which is we kind of don't even really have a name for it, except to say that you do things differently than I do. And so this is an opportunity for us to share with listeners just another way of considering how to run your business. Um, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and like I said, I, I think when, when you, when we all start in design, um, well, I guess I can only speak for myself, but I thought that there was only like one way to do it. And that was to manage everything and take on any project and, uh, you know, see it through right from start to finish and manage all the trades. And, um, I realized after about a year and a half, I didn't really like that. <laughs> what? That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was not fun for me. I did not enjoy that. I have to interject here and say, I'm not sure it's fun every day for me too, but I do love the perks that it brings in terms of certainly the money that you make from doing it, but also the control of the project. So you're willing to sacrifice those things so you don't have to deal with the level of stress and intensity, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I know for sure, like we said off air, like I know I'm, I am leaving some money on the table, but I I just feel like I also leave a lot of stress on the table. And, and as I said, I didn't realize that this was a way that I was able to work, but it kind of came about again, early on in my career when I had an opportunity to work for a a construction company and really they needed the, they needed the designs. They needed someone to go and meet with the client, vet them a little bit first to make sure they were, you know, who they wanted to, you know, some of them actually wanted to, they were serious about working with them and they needed the 3D designs and that's what they needed was the concept. And I really was, yeah, I did a couple and then I was like, oh my gosh, like I really just enjoy, like I will still help people pick finishes. They hire me separately for that. That's, you know, again, I'll do it in different stages. And just to be clear as well, Kimberly, is that when I'm doing a decorating project, if I'm doing a master bedroom or living room, dining room or that sort of thing, I am from start to finish. I'm managing all of that. I'm purchasing all of the furniture. That's what we do here. So you're talking about the renovations then for for trades and sub trades and that kind of stuff. You want to kind of keep at arm's length distance from that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I like doing what I can control. And to me, I know that I'm, I'm good at meeting with the clients and, and finding out what, what their needs are and creating the design and presenting it and, and then tweaking it as, as we need to. We offer a revision with our presentations. And then if they want to hire us back, you know, we, we can we offer different packages, but we can also help them pick all of the finishes. So I'll help them pick all the countertop tile and I'll meet them at typically my own supplier, unless I have a specific supplier, but I like to meet them at mine if I can, cause I know the showroom and I know the people there so I can navigate it a lot easier. And then we literally like my girl will put everything on file. We'll choose all the finishes and, uh, and then they go and they buy it and they pay me for my time and I go on to the next project. So there, as I said, I know that there's money on the table I'm leaving, but like I, I really, really feel like I have almost no stress in my business. And to me, that that's what's important to me. The, the only thing downside with this too, is that what you have to remember is that I have to constantly feed the funnel. I'm not working on one project for six months or a year. Mm-hmm. Right. So it is important that, you know, I have my marketing in place and I'm getting referrals and I'm getting repeat clients or, you know, new business, um, all the right. time. So that, that is definitely one, uh, another drawback if you wanted to call it a drawback. I okay. Guess. So we're going to look for how this is a win for people. That's my, um, okay. Yeah. Know, that's, that's my goal here. So uh, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Number one, I've said for years and years, if, if you want to, this is not a business you should dabble in. You should figure out how to do it well, which mm-hmm. you can do start to finish with business of designs, 15 steps, or you should figure out your niche. And I've said for years that I think it's a really good option for someone to only do consultations, to yeah. only go to someone's house and meet them and give them a hundred great ideas and get paid for that and leave and say mm-hmm. goodbye and go and get your nails done and play tennis. Like that's an awesome 
job and that's a great career path. So what you're presenting is another version of that where you go a little bit further. You do the concepts, you do some 3D planning, et cetera. And then if they want to hire you to do finishes, great. You have that as well. But you're leaving out all of those parts in terms of project management that would allow you to have some control over over what it's going to look like at the end. So yes. Okay. So I, I think that's viable. I think if you are um, stroking out on a regular basis because you don't feel like you can manage all the moving parts of this job. You're probably not alone. It's a really difficult, challenging mm. career. Yeah. But figure and, out a way to make it work for you. Yeah, and I, exactly. And I wouldn't say, uh, you know, it's, it's not a matter of not being able to do it. I just don't like doing it. Like, I, you know, I was doing it. I just didn't enjoy it. And I just understood that's, you know, and I was like, okay. And for me, everything about, that I want to do in my business and in my life, I mean, if we can, I want to, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. We only get one shot at this. Right. So I don't, you know, so that, that's kind of where, that's kind of where that came in. And so when this kind of fell into my lap with the construction company, it just was like, oh my gosh, I can, I can do this. And then I just started to kind of model my business uh, around that. And like you said, I know that there, and there, you have to be, and we, we talk about this, you know, in, in different groups and forums and for sure, like I know for some designers, this is not their bag. Like they need to be involved in every single detail. And I totally, totally get that. Uh, and for me, like sometimes I'll get, I'll, I'll help with certain aspects. Like I said, the 3d design, maybe I pick all of the finishes with the client. And then a lot of times they call me back and me and my, my, my assistant will go and we'll have a glass of wine. They'll say, Oh, come and see what, how it turned out. And, and, you know, we go in and sure there are things, you know, that sometimes I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't have picked that or, you know, or, or those, Oh, that hardware, you changed it on me. And that's too small now for the the height of the cabinet. But and it looks, doesn't you know. that worry you in terms of their friends coming to take a look at it? And they say to the friend, like Claire Jefford picked everything for me mm-hmm. and you're not there to see that reaction. And that friend's thinking the same things you are, the hardware is too small. And I wish they hadn't selected that. Like, does that concern you ever? Not really. Cause to be honest, most people don't, most people, I don't believe, uh, well, maybe I'm, maybe I, <laughs> I don't, they, like I, whenever she, I know this one woman specifically, she has friends over there like, all my friends love it. They love it. They're asking for your name. And I've gone and I've done a couple of consultations for them. So, I mean, I think as designers, we get caught up in the details, which again is, is part of the, absolutely part of the job, you know? Um, but I think a lot of times we overthink things and we worry more about getting the perfect lamp and getting the perfect this than, you know, and sometimes even when people are managing jobs, I know girls and guys that say, yeah, the client decided to pick that and that wasn't in my vision and I wouldn't have picked that. Well, I mean, you can only have so much control sometimes if the client wants to override you. Maybe not everything is is where you want it to be anyway, even if you've managed the project. You know what I mean? Okay, so here's here's what I'm envisioning. People listening to the podcast and separating themselves into various groups. There's a group right now who's going, amen, I only want to do consultations. I don't want to do anything else. And if that's you, then your challenge is figuring out how to feed the funnel, which Claire mentioned. You've got to figure out how to get a volume of customers to hire you to just do consultations. And you have a limited income that you can ever make because you're only selling your expertise in increments of time and there's only so many hours but you do have to have volume it's kind of the walmart approach you can have you can charge low prices but you better sell a lot of stuff so that's i i envision that group kind of going off and saying i quit this is too hard i'm just going to do the consultations i and right. i think that's legitimate choice 
So what you're saying is there's another choice between that and full-scale design, build, project management, which is I'm going to do not only the consultation, but I'm going to do some concepts and present some drawings and maybe even be involved in the finishing. So that's a second group I see gathering together and saying that's interesting to me. And I want to talk to that group because for some of them, yes, that's the group they belong in and they should should own that space just like Claire has successfully owned that space. But for some of them, I want to say, I wish you would at least try to run project management with the systems and strategies that we can teach you because I think you could be successful at it and not have stress. Because I, I know what you're saying about not having stress and I used to have near heart attacks um, <laughs> but I don't anymore. I don't right. have stress and I do run all the projects and I go on a three-week holiday and all the projects run smoothly and I get home and my clients say, how was Barcelona? And we have a great conversation, but in the meantime, everything is run smoothly. So those are the kind of three rough sort of categories I see that we're kind of, we're kind of separating people into <laughs> today. And so yeah. let's focus on the clear category, which is I want to do part of it, but not all of it. And then, so how can you then make yourself super successful if that's your choice what are the things you do to feed your funnel if that's your choice uh i think the one thing to to that's important to know is that it's not necessarily cheap like just because i'm just off i'm only offering this service it's it's not a full design for the renos. It's not like a cheap service. It's not like it's 500 bucks and here's your, you know, because then they may as well do like an e-design or something. So um, I do think that the price that we put on it is, 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 is fair. Um, so how do you, how do you price that? What do you charge, for example, for that first consultation? Well, initial consultation is $500 for two hours. I'm in Toronto, just outside Toronto, actually. Kimberly, not far from you. Okay. And then uh, after that, if they want to move forward with the design, then it's a, it's really a minimum. Usually we're doing like either main floor or basement. And it's uh, so we start at $2,500 for that. So I say to people, and that's what, including a measure. What would that include for $2,500? So basically, you, we come back with a measure. I come back with my assistant. I do a measure because uh, I don't, well, again, the measures, <laughs> I used to do measures of like unfinished basements by myself and it's really grueling. It's, uh, well, it's grueling. Can I also say it doesn't look very professional. Right. Yeah. Right. right? So yeah. there's some optics there. Okay. Yeah, so for sure. For come sure. Come back for another meeting. That's two people, at least two hours, probably. Yes. Yes. Okay. So keep going. And then uh, from there, we obviously get to know a little bit more about the client. We're always doing, doing that kind of, because sometimes she might be start measuring and then I'm, you know, kind of getting some of the finer details down. But by that time, we've had the two hours. And then after that, uh, I offer, I do a PowerPoint presentation. I use 3D design. I use Chief Architect, the designer pro version. And we do two different options for them. So we give them two options for layout for their space and we show them it at different angles in the in the presentation. We make a note of like the full scope of work. So, you know, you need to remove this wall or you need to scrape ceilings, popcorn ceilings or, you know, the full, basically a, a full scope, you know, pot lights. And then, uh, and then once they've seen all the pictures, because we get them really excited with all the 3D designs and the drawings and different angles, uh, which I actually present on my laptop. I actually take them through a virtual walkthrough on it on the laptop. 
And uh, then they have like inspirational photos as well that we add. So again, like we, we use Chief Architect. I mean, it's a great program, but I mean, it may not be able to show like a pull-out coffee making area, you know, that we're thinking of and, and in the kitchen or that sort of thing. So we'll show a, a picture and say, this is the idea, you know. And uh, we will also, um, then at the end, we just, and then at the end, I always put in a page that says, you know, we can also help you with, and then it's all of the, you know, picking the finishes, you know, so I'm upselling my, cause I would love to come back and, and help them pick, well, if they're, if they're good clients in the first place. Right. Um, and, and yeah, and then they get one revision with that and that revision up to three changes. So it's not like an open-ended, if someone wants a whole new redesign, then we're like, okay, it's by the hour now. So how many uh, hours does it take you to prepare that presentation the first time? I mean, the whole thing now, we've nailed it down to anywhere between 10 to 12 hours for the entire, for the entire presentation. Okay. And then there's a revision. And how long would a typical kind of revision take? Um, it could be another hour or two. Again, it's not, I'm not redesigning the whole space. And sometimes it's very minimal. It may just be, we just want to, you know, can we see the vanity on that side and the toilet on the other side or that sort of thing? It's really not like an entire, um, you know, it, yeah, it's not overly intensive. And, 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 and I let people know that again, right up front, I say like, you know, this is the changes that we make. If you want to see something all redesigned or you want another built-in totally redesigned, now we're, now it'll be by the hour. Okay. And then, so, and when you do the revisions, do you go back for another meeting or are they emailed? No, they're emailed. Okay. So I'm calculating about 18 hours that goes into that $2,500. Does that sound right? Um, into the 20, uh, 18. So when we go back, we got two hours. Oh, two and two, four. Yeah, 12. Eight. Yeah, I would say, yeah, probably around there. Yeah, uh, yep. Now, remember, though, I'm not, so a lot of times, too, I'm having my assistant do this, right? Which I charge $195 an hour but my assistant doesn't charge me $195 an hour. Right. So in the event it actually is limited to 18 hours, and this, mm -hmm. by the way, doesn't include overhead or anything, your hourly rate is 138 Right. Right. So which means your hourly rate is lower than that by the time you put in. I guess what I'm, get, I guess what I'm getting at, Claire, is you need to raise your rate. <laughs> sure. But you, like I said, don't forget, if I'm paying my assistant a fraction of that and I'm overseeing it, I'm not actually working all those hours. No, understood. But even if you're paying your assistant uh, $50 an hour, you're still under billing. Right. Okay. So you want, you want me to go higher? I want you to raise your rate. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I know Toronto. I know the market. It's a big, it's, it's an expensive city. Right. Um, and you have something of a reputation and I think you could, I think you could charge more. Okay. Well then I'm going to charge more because every time I charge more and raise my rates, I people still buy it. Charge more. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is too, it's so helpful for anybody listening. You've got to do the math. There's no way around it. You can, you know, 2,500, everybody goes, I'd be happy to make $2,500, but you're not making $2,500. You're not, you have to pay your assistant, you have to pay insurance, you have to pay overhead, you have to, you know, association fees, your computer costs, your phone costs, your car costs. Um, if I take all that out, you're making so little money. And if you live in an urban center like we do in Toronto where the traffic is horrific, 
Um, and by the way, it's so funny because I live half the year in LA and half the year in Toronto. The traffic in Toronto is worse than the traffic in LA. Oh my God, it's isn't much that crazy? worse. So even it's going to a client, a, a client meeting that's like super close to me is a 45 minute drive each way. Uh, most of my clients are within usually 20 minute or half hour. Okay. Drive. But either way, uh, I guess the bottom line is this, if, if, you know, we all deserve to create a career that feeds our soul, which it sounds like it does for you and it does for me and it probably does for everybody listening, but it's not sustainable if it doesn't also feed our bank account. Well, I, So well, you, you want to make sure that you've got that covered. I guess, I mean, I, I'm happy to say that I, I have netted six figures. So with this, with this business model, mm-hmm. um, but again, I also, and I also, like I said, I do sell furniture. I do. So this is, this is simply for the renovations, right? So, you know, it's important. I think that's an important distinction because with the decorating projects, like I said, there's not as much to oversee really with those. I mean, sure. I got the guys coming in and doing some hanging pendants or hanging, you know, artwork and maybe laying in the carpet or that sort of thing, but that I will oversee. It's just the whole reno situation. I just don't. I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> okay, so then if this is if this is the way you're listening, you're going, I kind of want to explore this myself. Again, how do you keep new clients coming through the door? Do you make a relationship with a contractor, a builder, an architect? How do you think people can go about doing that? Yeah, well, one of the ways was that I was working for uh, that construction company, the Baumler Construction Company. Uh, so they were co- feeding me a lot of business, which was great. Uh, house, which I know can be a dirty word for a lot of people. House is where 50% of my uh, client inquiries come from. And that's uh, been a great resource for me. Some of my best clients have come through house. I know it doesn't work for everybody. And uh, yeah, repeat clients. I mean, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I do a lot of video. I'm on YouTube. Um, you know, so I'm constantly putting myself out there. And I also have my email list of my clients, which is very, very amazing. And I recommend anybody do that. So monthly, I send out a newsletter. And every time I send out a newsletter to my clients, or just say, hey, this is a project we just worked on. Um, always getting at least one or two people calling me going, oh, hey, I saw your, you know, I saw your newsletter and I need to, you know, I need a consultation for color or I need you to come and help me pick a wallpaper or, hey, we're doing a, or we're ready for our basement renovation now. So I love that idea. So you do, you send out a monthly newsletter to past mm-hmm. clients just to let them know you're still in the game and you're working on oh, exciting things. Oh, for sure. Things. It's incredible. It's That's incredible. idea. Yeah. So you do have to be a salesperson and make sure that the money continues to come through the door. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which, which I think we have to anyway in, in, in business. I mean, it's, it, it, you may just need to work a, a little bit more, I guess. I don't know. I don't really, again, I mean, house has been an incredible resource for me and I never paid them. So for me, it's, it's actually <laughs> been, um, you know, I've probably been a little bit too reliant on house to be honest. Right. Cause they're always changing their ways, but so, yeah. And I think different things work for different people. I mean, I'm hearing some people that get clients on Instagram. I've never had anyone call me through Instagram. I'm like, oh gosh, it's such a, I have a love hate relationship with that forum, you know? Um, and some people get a lot of clients through Facebook. Again, I think it also, and it really depends also on who's your audience. You know what I mean? Like who's your ideal client? Um, 
you know, like for me, my ideal client is not really high-end luxury. Like that's not who's knocking on my door, right? Because those, they do want full service. And I do get people asking me sometimes like, hey, we're looking for someone to full service a project. And I say, hey, uh, you know, that sounds so exciting. And I'm and uh, I'm not your gal, but I will recommend them to a few designers in Toronto or in the area who I know will do that because I still want to help people. I still want to give as much value as I can, but I'll be really upfront. I'm not going to pretend like, ooh, this could be a great project. Um, maybe I could do it, or maybe I'll just get the consult and then pass it on to somebody else, because that's not fair either. So uh, I, I like to be really upfront with how I work with people, and I find people are you know, really receptive to that. How did you get comfortable saying no to business? That's something I hear a lot of people talk about and struggle with. Every call that comes through, they, they want it, even if it's not the perfect job. How did you get comfortable just saying, no, that isn't for me? I think probably saying yes a few times when I shouldn't have done and then getting <laughs> right and then having the experience <laughs> and then being like, why did I take on that client? Because it, it's the gut, right? I mean, every time every time I've had a problem with a client, which hasn't been ton, but it was more early on, right? When I wanted to say yes, I was hungry and I wanted to build my portfolio. And then I would say yes. And then something would go wrong, whatever, for whatever reason, or something just, you know, I just didn't wasn't enjoying it. Or And I, if I think back and I think back, uh, if I'm honest with myself and I think back, I'm like, okay, I noticed that red flag on the phone or I noticed that at our first meeting and I shouldn't have gone ahead with it, you know, but again, you, you know, you want to, you want the clients at first. So, so now when I kind of, kind of have a little bit of that on the phone, I just think you kind of got to weed them out a little bit more and ask a few more questions. Um, and if it just doesn't feel right to me, I just say, I just say, you know, I just don't think we're a good fit. I, I don't know. And I, yeah, sometimes, you know, I did, there was a big job on the Lakeshore actually one time, you know, uh, and it, I just knew, I just knew the clients were, I just knew we weren't going to gel. And I just thought, you know what, it's not worth it. And I hear it so much in my group and in it with other designers when we're talking and they're like, oh, I'm taking on this client and they're a complete nightmare and I wish I hadn't. So, you know, I think you just got to trust your gut a lot of times. And if you are in that situation anyway, then, you know, you just do your best as you can to get through it. And when you come out the other end, you realize, okay, now next time I need to learn maybe to say no sometimes. Yeah, and right? I think it's worthwhile figuring out who your ideal client is and getting comfortable saying no to that person. And of course, it's easy to do when you have lots of business. So we we recognize that if you're yes. struggling to get one or two jobs, um, you're not likely going to say no, not at all. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, what were the parts of project management that you disliked so much that stressed you out? Um, I mean, when things would, so, you know, the, the, I'd go and I'd pick up the tile and then I'd, I'd get it to the client's house. We open it up and the dial lot was different from the tile that was, that we saw at the store or, um, you know, items would come and they were cracked or damaged. And then you're dealing with that. And I, like, personally, I just found that very hard to bill for, uh, when all that stuff goes wrong. I know you're going to probably tell me something different, but, <laughs> um, and it just, and then babysitting the trades, you know, I just felt like I was babysitting them. I just, again, you know, maybe I just, the guy I had was really good at first. And then, you know what, he was poaching my clients, right? Then the next thing I knew, I contact a client and go, okay, we ready to do that part of your project. They're like, oh, he already came in and did that. And he helped us with a little bit of the design stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, he's, he's, <laughs> I brought him in on the job and now he's taking, you know. Isn't he special? <laughs> Isn't he special, <laughs> Don't we right? just love him? <laughs> yes. So, um, so and now had, like I so have you, great guys. You yeah. had bad experiences the same way many of us have bad experiences when we're starting out. There's no question For sure. About okay. For sure. And like I said, I could have, you know, I, and I could definitely have just plunged through it and been like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to nail this down more. Um, I just, I, as I said, when, when I had that opportunity to work with a construction company, 
it just was, it was just like, oh, I can do this. I could do it like this. I had no idea. I didn't have to manage it all. So for me, that that was, that just worked for me. And, and, and as I said, but you're right, you have to keep feeding the funnel and, and you have to let go a little bit. And and if if people aren't willing to let go and, and I, I get that. Um, but like I said, I don't feel like it's jeopardized because I do a lot still of custom decorating projects. Uh, you know, I have over 500 photos in my portfolio that are professionally shot. So I don't feel like it's really compromised a lot in that way. You know what I mean? Um, I thought of a fourth category, which, yeah. um, which is working for somebody else. I had this yeah. guy come to me many years ago. His name was Brett Tinson, really talented designer, and asked me for a job. And he'd worked at a couple of the big, um, a couple of the other big designers in Toronto and, um, at the interview, he was perfect, right? He was just, of course, I want him to work for me. And I said, why on earth would you work for me instead of having your own business? And his response was, why on earth would I want my own business? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. So I do get that for some people, the trade-off makes sense. And you got to yeah. figure out what makes sense for you, I guess, is the bottom line. So exactly. I loved your actionable idea about the monthly newsletter. Um, obviously, you're real comfortable with marketing. Are there other things you do to keep your funnel filled when uh, when you have a chance? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I do I do a lot of video. So I, you know, I have, as I say, like, I have the YouTube. Um, I, I, I actually, I don't do a ton of Facebook live outside of my group. Um, and do you, uh, you, know, do you if, think if your clients are looking at YouTube videos? Is that are they dire- are your videos directed to clients or to coaching people? Uh, well, both. I have two channels, but the what happens is is that I use the videos to manage expectations. So one of the things that I do, I have a couple of videos that I call the Naked Truth. Actually, I think you commented on one um, a couple years ago. <laughs> You're gonna be like, you did? I know. Yeah. I maybe I yeah, cool. You did. Um, so basically, it reveals all the pricing of the of a room. So I've done like so. I've only done two videos. Of course, I want to do more, but you know they're time consuming, and and I've had a lot going on. So, uh, but these have been very helpful. So. I have like a custom dining room and a custom living room and I've gotten permission from my clients and they've allowed me to disclose what the cost of every single item was in the space as well as um, what my fees were and uh, you know if we had custom built-ins and I reveal what the built-ins were and that sort of thing and, and so this really helps me let clients know that if you want to work with me and we're doing a custom decorating project, then yeah, you know, we are looking at an investment of 25 to $30,000 roughly per room or, you know, that sort of thing. And that's really great because then the people that don't call me back were what were people that, you know, wanted to spend, you know, $2,000 and shop at Wayfair. Um, you know, and the ones who call me back are like, okay, I'm on board. This is great. That's what we anticipated. What, what What's the next step? So I find that that's really helpful in, you know, getting the right clients. Like for, for me, when I'm doing a custom, if people want the two hour consult, like you said, like I'm happy to do the two hour consult all day long and I'll give you a ton of ideas. I walk away, I'm paid and I'm done. But if you want to go forward, I don't, I don't shop retail. Um, you know, we are going custom usually to the decorating center here in Burlington. And, um, 
and and we're we're seeing it right from start to finish. So the videos are very helpful, and that's how I also. So if someone calls, let's say for example, uh, as another example is if someone's doing a kitchen renovation, and you know we have a bit of a conversation, then I say you know this is how I can help, and I said you know at the end of it I have a follow up and I send them into standard email, and then I'll just add in maybe certain videos like how like I've done videos like how to choose your backsplash, how to how to lay out the pattern of your backsplash, or before and after kitchens and bathrooms. So I'll send them those videos, and then. I'm doing something that no one else is doing. They're seeing me on the video and people call me back and they're like, okay, I want to book you. We watched your video. We've, you know, one guy, I remember one client who I just worked with just before Christmas. I said, oh, I'm going to send you some videos. He said, you don't need to. My wife's been on YouTube and she's watched all your videos. That's why, <laughs> that's that's why she's hired you because she felt she could work with you. So, okay. So those aren't naked truth videos. So what you have two channels, what are the two channels called? Cause I want people to be able to find. Okay. You. So one's Claire Jefford, which is my interior design. And the other one is Claire Jefford Coaching, which is my coaching. And I mean, I say coaching. It's a lot of just great information about what to charge for a consult and, you know, all that, all that good stuff, right? <laughs> okay, good. So we will make sure we'll put links to every, every single way you can reach Claire uh, Thank you. on the show page. Um, I always like to end every episode with something called design intervention. And that's like actionable advice that you think will change someone's life. So what, what comes to mind in terms of design intervention for you today? Um, I think, you know, one of the main things is, one of my mantras right now is I'm so over overthinking. And it, it just has to do with just, just get out there and do it. If there's something that you want to do, if there's something that you're thinking about doing, um, you know, again, this, and this really also pertains to even like social media or getting out there and networking locally, you know, stop waiting for perfection. Um, done is better than perfect. And, you know, don't, don't overthink it all. Just go out there and do, do whatever, do what you can do and, 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 and what you feel you can do at the time without waiting, you know, a year or six months and, and, and just, just get out there and, and meet people, make connections and make things happen. Sometimes Actually, good enough is good enough. Well, I mean, I think you can always strive to be better, but I think what happens a lot of times, and especially on social media, you know, everyone's waiting, like, because I'm really big on video, and I'm, and people say, like, I don't want to go on video because I don't look good today, or um, I don't know what I'm going to say, or I don't speak very well in front of the camera, or I haven't got good lighting, and there's always going to be an excuse. So I think, you know what, just, just, just do it. Just, I just do it. Being a young mom with little kids, and I had, of course, I had a TV show and I had clients. And there were days when I just said, this is going to have to just be good enough, like just good yes. enough. Like if somebody asked me to bring dessert to the party, it was going to be just good enough that I went and picked one up. I did not right. have to go all Martha Stewart in the kitchen to yeah. make it happen, <laughs> right? So Exactly, exactly. So I think I, that's, a good, yeah. that, that's a good rule to live by. You strike me as someone who's like action. I, call, I consider myself to be like action Jackson. Like the minute I have an idea, right. I just implement. But you strike me right. that way as well. Yes, I do like to do that. And I can overthink. And that's why I'm teaching myself now to stop over. over I'm over overthinking. So yeah, yeah. I just like to get stuff done. Like, just let's just do it. Let's do it. And, and let's learn from it. If it doesn't work, okay, we'll try something else next time. And that's a different way. Yeah, that's the bonus of having your own business too, right? If, if someone listens to me here, and they're like, I'm going to try this. And they're like, Oh, my God, Claire, I could not do this, Kimberly, you know, I need to be the detail oriented person, then that's that's fine that you can go back and you can try it. Like that's the best thing about having our own business is yeah. that, you know, we're our own bosses. Startups have a, 
an expression, fail fast and fail often. Yeah. That's kind of falls into that category as well. Don't think about it so much. Try it. If it doesn't work, try something else. It doesn't, it won't ultimately matter in the long run. You will learn something from just having tried it. Just try it. There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. And, and I'm going to be seeing you in a couple of days. We're going to do a video together. We are. You're going to be on my Whitwell, which is my what I did and what I learned in my group. And I'm very excited. And people are excited to hear you sing Whitwell. So I'm going to have to sh- let you know what that's all about. I'm going to sing? <laughs> uh, we do a little sing. I, do, I sing every time I say Whitwell. So it's just, don't worry. It's just, uh... Oh, all right. <laughs> I did do karaoke, but there was alcohol involved. <laughs> we can have why. a little splash of wine before. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And by the way, thank you for being brave and um, being willing to be different and um, put yourself out like that and uh, letting me even coach you. That was that was very sweet of you and lots of great ideas. And I, I know you will continue to have great success and we're big fans. So keep up the great work. Well, thank you. And thank you for all that you do. Like really, you are just an inspiration to, to, to all of us in the industry. And, and I really... I don't think I'd be here without seeing Kimberly a few times early on in my career. (laughs) Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.